Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Listeners, thank you for joining Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale. I'm your host, Lisa Stockdale, and today our guest is Andy Robin. Um, He has written a book about life after retirement, or how to have a good life after retirement, I should say. Hello, sir. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for including me here, Lisa. Of course. You're calling from California? I am in the San Francisco area. Okay. All right. I noticed our times were way off. I'm like, yeah, I think we've got a a little (laughs) bit of a time difference here. So you have written this book. Did it publish at the first of the year? It did, right right at the beginning of January. Okay. And it's called Tapas Life, A Rich and Rewarding Life After Your Long Career. So I'm going to assume that you have retired. Uh, I I wouldn't say that because the word retire comes from the Latin that means taken out of service. Oh, dear. (laughs) I don't don't have myself taken out of service, but I I no longer have a a 50-hour-a-week job. All right, all right. Good point. You're not going to subscribe to all that, and I don't actually want you to. Um, Talk to me about the title, Tapas Life. I suspect there's a deeper meaning. Yeah, so if you're familiar with the food of Spain, they serve tapas, which literally means covers. And the idea is you walk into a tapas bar and you order a few small plates. And they're literally small plates. They're about the size of a coffee saucer. Okay. And you try them, and if you like one and finish it with your friend or friends, then you order another one of the same. If you want to try something different, you try that. If you want to keep adding, you do that until pretty much the table is covered with empty saucers or partially eaten saucers. All right. And so that's why they call it tapas. Tapas, all right. The idea of a tapas life is that instead of having this big career and maybe raising a family that's really kind of like a... uh, 32-ounce porterhouse steak and a baked potato covering the whole plate, (laughs) you know, now instead you can have a variety of little dishes in your life and explore lots of stuff that's interesting, meaningful, and enjoyable, rewarding. Okay. So more variety, more options, more choices. Yep. That's what I'm hearing you say. Those all sound like good things. They are, and especially lots of people during their career years haven't really looked up to see outside the foxhole and and think about, wow, there's there's other stuff out there. Yeah. Talk to us about your career years. What did you do? I was in the semiconductor industry, so high tech in Silicon Valley uh, for several decades. And I was mostly a marketing exec. I tried general management, but found I couldn't sleep at night doing general management. I kept waking up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning agonizing over the business. So I went back to being a marketing exec. Okay. And when did you leave your long career? Uh, 
I actually didn't leave it. I went to, and that was in 2002 when I was 50. My wife and I, before we got married, agreed we both wanted our careers and both wanted to be primary caregivers to children at home. And so she quit her big career as sales and marketing manager for the 13 Western states for a tech company. And she, you know, we had kids and she was at home with them. Uh, we decided it would be hard for me to breastfeed them. <laughs> and uh, we were supposed to swap when they were around six and eight and in school. But she found a completely new career in interpersonal work and went back and got a master's and Ph.D. when the kids were small. And so we finally swapped when the kids were 13 and 15. And in 2002, when I was 50, uh, one day I became house dad. You, you were a stay-at-home dad for a while. I, I was indeed for five years and loved that. That was a great thing to do. Had a lot to learn instantaneously, but uh, <laughs> had a good time doing it. And you have two children? Two children, yeah. uh, a son and a daughter, now 34 and 32. Okay. So what inspired you to write the book? Was it just the whole experience? Was there an epiphany? Was it misconceptions? Was it, what was it? Necessity. Uh, after, after our youngest went off to college, and as she started to get prepared for that, I started to have more time on my hands, and I realized that I had no plan for myself. And in fact, it took me about four and a half years to assemble what I thought was a great life, and still do think that. Uh, it took me about four years to, de to develop a hedonic or hedonistic life that was just a pleasure, and then another six months uh, after I realized I needed to add something meaningful so that I wasn't just a consumer of resources. Uh, and I wrote the book because it's a step-by-step -step process that can help somebody shortcut that four and a half years into six months to a year and to get going on it in a productive way that makes it easier. So it's really part of my meaningful tapa. I wrote the book to try to be of some use to others. Okay. And I have a quote here. It says, so it doesn't have to be super restrictive or vigorous, but it has to be enough so you don't feel adrift and untethered. Were there times, obviously, that you were feeling adrift? Yeah. As our daughter started to, you know, need less of me, I found that... Gee, I had a lot of time and didn't know what to do with it. Now, since she was still at home, that was a gift because I had to, you know, pay attention to her care and feeding and any help she wanted on any front. It's not a lot. She's a pretty independent human. Uh, but as soon as she was really gone, gone, off to college, mm -hmm. you know, it got to a point where I was like, well, Maybe I'll just, you know, not get out of bed. Maybe I'll just hang out in my bathrobe all day. 
And that's a pretty bad state to fall into and can, as you know, as you quoted, become pretty bad and can actually get depressing. Yeah. And uh, I've seen several friends in my peer group go through that, only they got into pretty bad depressing. Yeah. And pretty bad depressing leads to weak immune system, and that's not a good outcome. Yeah, it's just all bad. It's all downhill from there, right? All downhill from there. So you need to, you know, the first thing I I recommend in the book is to add a little structure to your life Mm -hmm. so that you have some predictable things on your calendar, and whether a little, as in my case, or a lot, as in some people's cases, one uh, once CFO retired who I spoke with said, yeah, I average three activities a day on my calendar. I love that a CFO would actually compute that. <laughs> but, you know, had laid in that amount of structure that they needed. Uh-huh. Like you said, it doesn't it just has to be enough for you. It's gonna be individualized depending on who you are, what you want, and you know. But have have some. Mm-hmm. Has to and be something, right? Life life will feel better because you know certain things are coming each week. They don't always have to be at the same time. So I play about an hour and a half of pian- classical piano a day. It's one of my uh, anchor tapas. I love it. And I don't do it at any particular time of day. I do it when the muse strikes me. And I like to organize a couple of lunches every week with some friend or acquaintance. Gets me out of the house. It's an activity. I see another person and see what's going on with them. I get some social connection. And so, yeah, it's kind of a threefer. I I, I get out. I, I, you know, have some social connection and, uh, you know, catch up with others. Yeah. So, talk to me about the importance of staying socially connected. How does it rate? Hugely important? Uh, hugely. I mean, if you... Imagine this, Lisa. Imagine that your life is a, is a line from where you are to until you're dead. Uh, and it can take two forms. It can be a straight line headed all the way across the horizon, maybe sloping up a little bit or down a teeny bit. And then at the very end, it falls off a cliff when your body runs out of gas and you die. Oh, dear. I don't know if I like that. (laughs) uh, Sorry, but it's going to happen to you, Lisa. (laughs) We're all headed that away. If Uh, you say so. Go ahead. What's the Um, second option? And But in that option, the your quality of life stays great. You have a really good life. And certainly that's what I advocate for. And in the other option, imagine a gradually declining curve that accelerates downward. So what we know is an exponential decay curve. Okay. And uh, I like that even where, less, yeah. That's the one where your quality of life gets less and less, what you're able to do becomes less and less, what you need in terms of support becomes more and more, and you become a burden to your loved ones. You have a crappy malingering, and then finally, mercifully, you die. 
So that's actually a choice. And there are three things that let you make that choice or that let you live that choice. And they're a bit of exercise, healthy eating, and social connection. Social connection, yeah. And, and if you don't have any of those three, then you get on the second curve. And so to stay on the first, you have to do some exercise. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, training for the Olympics. <laughs> you don't have to bench press 400 pounds. But, you know, go for a walk a few times a week. Yeah. Like your calendar, or, it has to be something, right? Right. Ride a bike. Uh, go to a gym and, you know, work the machines because it keeps your brain in touch with the different parts of your body. So you've got good proprioception. And then when you're 80 and you trip, you catch yourself instead of going down like a ton of bricks. Keeps your reflexes good. And you don't have to do it with 150 pounds. Do it with 5 pounds or 10 pounds. But keep yourself in shape and and eat healthy. You know, eat decent protein like, you know, uh, fowl and, and uh, fish and uh, some pork. Don't, don't live on red meat. And eat, eat some decent carbs that don't have a high glycemic index. So don't eat all bread and pasta and rice and corn and potatoes that are the main part of most American diets. Because that's the stuff that gives you diabetes. And so instead, eat lots of green vegetables and things that are have low glycemic index. And, you know, eat good fats. Don't, don't live on uh, French fries and, and uh, Crisco. And, uh, eat, you know, use olive oil and stuff like that. So, you know, healthy eating, especially when you go to restaurants, Lisa... They serve you a stupid amount of food. Don't eat it all. <laughs> I haven't heard it described that way, but that is so accurate. Yeah, eat, you know, when my wife and I go out, we either each order an entree, and then we eat half of it and take it home and eat it the next day or the day after that. Or we order an appetizer each and split an entree. Or we ordered two appetizers each, and that's dinner. But don't eat it all, even even though it's rattling around in your head that your mom told you a million times to clean your plate because <laughs> children plate. were starving in Africa. <laughs> just just so. don't do it. It's too much caloric input at one sitting, especially as you get older. Yeah. Your body just turns it to fat. So one thing you are alluding to here is change. Change is inevitable as you age, but it yep. doesn't have to be a deep decline, as you say, all downhill. Right. right. You still have some control Yep. based on your decisions. Yep. And you, sir, can I ask how old you are? I know it's kind of rude to ask, but... Uh. So rude, and yet I'm 69. 69, okay. And you're doing all these things that you're suggesting? I, I totally am. So uh, when I became house dad, I, I had a lot of pressure on me to learn to be a better cook in a hurry. <laughs> the family was pretty arch with me for a few months, but I had a great milestone at six months when after dinner one night, 
one of the kids said, wow, Dad, that was really good. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. And uh, since was... then, I've become a gourmet cook. So, you know, I cook healthy, wonderful stuff for us. I do do that. I work out at the gym twice a week. I ride my bike everywhere locally to run all my errands. I rarely use our car. Uh, I A couple of weeks ago on a nice sunny day, I biked from where I am to Sausalito over the Golden Gate Bridge, which is about a 12-mile bike ride, had lunch on the bay at a beautiful restaurant, and then took the ferry boat home. It was a great day, you know. So, yeah, I do some exercise. I eat healthy. And as I said, you know, social connection. My wife and I like to have friends over and I like to get together with friends for lunch. and So, yeah, I'm doing all those things. And honestly, Lisa, I feel uh, no different than I did when I was maybe 30. Okay. Now, you do talk about the idea of building a new life. So yes. there's some work that goes into it. You have to be intentional, deliberate. Yes. It doesn't happen to you, right? You have to go after it. That's absolutely correct. And so I have some steps. You know, put in a little structure, catch up on all the stuff you're behind on, starting first and most importantly with, do you have a will? Do you have a trust document if you're of more means? Do you have a durable power of attorney for health care? So if you wind up in the hospital... There aren't two doctors looking at your loved ones saying, well, what shall we do? Right. You don't want that. Uh, so catch up on that. If you're the typical person, you may have a two-car garage that hasn't seen a car in decades. <laughs> Maybe you want to give all that crap away to somebody who actually can find it useful and benefit from it. Go to Goodwill or... You know, go to your church or your favorite charity and give it away. Put it to work with somebody who needs it. Uh, and then you'll be able to put your cars away, and that's a nice thing. Uh, so catch up on that. Maybe your house is pretty beaten up after years of working and raising a family. And, you know, now you can uh, put on a lick of paint and maybe turn a kid room into a painting studio or a man cave or a guest room, uh, you know, do things that spruce it up. So now it's an adult home where you enjoy coming home every day, replace some appliances. So do some catch up work and then start doing something you love. For me, that was taking piano lessons. I, I started when I was 52. Now I'm, pretty good at it back then i was an absolute hack <laughs> and uh it's it's been a challenging journey but well worth it because i love it yeah so you can tap some passions that you haven't had an opportunity to look after previously absolutely and what about purpose when you were struggling and considering not getting out of bed yeah were you feeling like you had no purpose at that point? That did not actually dawn on me at that point. Okay. 
I mean, and I spent any two minutes thinking about it, I would have said, oh, I don't seem to have a purpose, but I didn't <laughs> go there. Instead, I gradually figured out how to assemble this life the hard way. It wasn't until I got to the four-year mark that I woke up and said, oh, I need something meaningful. And that's when I discovered coaching and went to 300 hours of coaching school and have now been a life coach and some executive coaching for the last 10 years. And that's very rewarding. It's very meaningful. I've since gotten on the board of a nonprofit that gives away about five and a half million dollars a year to hyper-local, mostly hunger and homeless programs, but a few other things in addition. And that's super meaningful. Uh, I was on the board of our synagogue for six years, which uh, wasn't always a joy, but was important (laughs) and helpful to the community. (sighs) And uh, I did enjoy a lot of it. I will bet Uh, you are a a magnificent coach because you're so dang honest and practical. Well, I I like to be honest when I can, Lisa. Um, And and even practical when I can. Uh, But yeah, I, I, I found those meaningful things are really good and important. And unless you add something meaningful to your life... You're cooked after a while. Now, you, you may be one of those people who it's just all about family. I mean, family is really important to me, but we have very independent children. So, you know, we raised them to be really independent, and surprise, they're really independent. <laughs> it took, huh? <laughs> right? So if we try to do all family stuff all the time, you know, they're not having it. I personally have a life purpose that's very different from that. It's the thing that somehow is just me being me, Lisa, and I discovered it during coaching school. My life purpose is that I am the mischievous imp who spreads pixie dust (laughs) from deep within that lights Uh, people up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's what I go around doing all day, and that's me being me. I want to be you, Andy. <laughs> I actually Sorry. want to be you. Yeah, I know. I didn't get. Sorry, that one's taken. That one, I didn't get that assignment, did I? <laughs> oh my goodness, you are such a pleasure. Normally, I ask my guests for parting thoughts, but I'm going to offer one, and then I'll give you an opportunity. Thank you. It doesn't have to take four years and six months. Right? You can do it sooner. Um, You can get your head around it quicker. Um, And the book will give you some how-tos and some ideas and some inspiration. Now it's your turn, Andy. What are your parting thoughts? Uh, Find it on Amazon where it's available as a very high-quality paperback or a Kindle download. And my parting thought is from Robert Browning's poem, Rabbi Ben-Ezra where he says, come grow old with me. The best is yet to be (laughs) the last of life for which the first was made. Ah, that's actually very beautiful. Very beautiful. Thank you for joining us today, Andy. 
Thanks for including me, Lisa. Of course. Listeners, till next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back. <laughs>